Coming to you from the Outer Mission, this is Monkey Block, a storytelling podcast focused on San Francisco's golden past, 1849 through 1906. I'm your host, Girlina. The stories are closely based on newspapers of the time, historical books, and journals. Disclaimer, I do my best to research and share the real stories, extracting legends or calling them out. Now, let's go back in time. Letters from California. Three letters were anonymously mailed from the Pueblo de Yerba Buena, dated between June 10th and June 29th, 1846. The letters were, and probably still are, quite the mystery, not only because no one definitively knows who wrote them, but for their depth of military knowledge the writer had about the happenings in Alta California. Another point of personal interest, the letters were written from our very own backyard, Yerba Buena. Hubert Howe Bancroft considers these mystery letters to be the best in-the-moment account of the Bear Flag Revolt and they are the earliest known publication regarding the Bear Flag Revolt just before and after the revolt. The intended audience for these letters seems to be an eager United States public who was curious about the soon-to-be-captured territory farthest west of the Mississippi River. The three letters were titled Letters from California, and they were all signed Truly Yours, the farthest west. Today's episode is a whodunit detective dive into the letters and is largely based on speculation, but also on John Adam Hussey's identification of the author of the farthest west letters from California, 1846, written for the California Historical Society in 1937. And also Oscar Lewis's California in 1846, described in letters from Thomas Larkin, The Farthest West, E.M. Kern, and Justice in 1934. Are you ready? Here we go. Letter 1, June 10th, 1846. The first letter includes an editorial note stating the letters were intended for publication in a leading New York newspaper. Hang on to that. Dear Sir, there are strange things in this world happening every day, but none to me more so than I should find myself in California and writing a letter to be taken to you by the first Overland Express and certainly the longest ever attempted in America. A friend has kindly volunteered to put this into the hands of the gallant Captain Fremont, who is now encamped on the Sacramento and about to proceed directly to the United States. The letter continues for several pages. The farthest west had given the letter to a friend, I have to presume that's Lieutenant Archibald H. Gillespie, who would have given the letter to Captain Fremont, and then Fremont intending to travel from California to New York, the longest overland route in North America, would directly deliver the letter to the New York publication. The first letter, comprised of Part 1 and Part 2, was addressed from Yerba Buena, San Francisco Bay, 
and provided an update on 1846 California from January through early June with details and language written from a military perspective, pro-United States, more curiously described California through the actions of Captain John Fremont, starting with Fremont's first visit to Monterey and his run-in with General Jose Castro at Gavilan Peak. I actually have an episode on it. The first letter, written on June 10th, is just four days before the Sonoma Insurrection, also known as the Bear Flag Revolt. It's amazing timing for a few reasons. Quick backstory. Lieutenant Gillespie made a mad dash by horse to meet and deliver mail to Fremont as Fremont traveled back to the United States. One piece of delivered mail, or a secret message, is purported to have encouraged Fremont to return to Alta California to possibly instigate the Bear Flag Revolt. Four days after, the farthest west writes this first anonymous letter. Spoiler alert, Fremont doesn't make it back to the United States, and neither does the farthest west's letter. This first letter takes a controversial tone when the farthest west expressed his belief that California had been presented to the United States in a more flattering light than the reality. With regard to California, I am of the opinion, from what I have seen of it, that it does not present such a flattering prospect to the emigrants from the United States as certain persons have led them to believe. Most are very much disappointed in the country, not in its climate or soil, although a large portion of it is only suitable, I think, for grazing cattle and sheep, the same use for which the Roman Catholic mission applied it. Could the farthest West's oppositional beliefs be the reason for the anonymity? That's speculation. The first letter is really long and described the trading industry in great detail. Prices for specific goods in New York were listed against prices in California, which might be a clue as to where the farthest west was from. The farthest west was also familiar with Boston ships arriving in California for hide and tallow trading, aka smuggling. Except for beef and horses, everything else was said to be four times the price in California. I guess things have always been expensive in California. The Farthest West provides accounting details for trading and military dealings, specifically in Yerba Buena, and curiously, that California will soon be another El Dorado in her mineral wealth. Mines of gold, silver, copper, lead, sulfur, and quicksilver ore being found in all directions. Dear listener, This is June 1846, and the gold rush in Coloma at Sutter's Mill won't happen for another year and a half in January 1848. Yet, the farthest west says gold has been found in Los Angeles and is already being mined with ease. He writes, thousands of dollars in gold dust were already being sent back to the United States. There is a vast field for mining operations about to open here. Also interesting, the farthest west alludes to a large emigration moving to California in the fall and 
actually says California will not be under the Mexican flag for much longer. Interesting. Because the average Joe wouldn't know that kind of information. I believe the farthest west may be from New York and was in the military. But that's speculation on my part. Second letter, June 24th, 1846. Addressed again from Yerba Buena, San Francisco Bay, is much shorter than the first letter, but a lot happened in Alta California between that first and second letter. When I took my pen in hand to give you a line, a few days since, I neither expected to have the opportunity to repeat it so soon, nor anything of special interest to add, if I had. But the last ten days have been prolific of striving events in California. And as I cannot yet see the beginning of the end, I may very well begin at the beginning, and you shall have the end when I do see it. The farthest west is referring to the Bear Flag Revolt that happened four days after writing his first letter. Like many in the U.S. military and government, the farthest west didn't see the revolt coming, while the revolt impacted the ongoing military objectives, the farthest west is at the right place and at the right time to receive an inside look into this pivotal moment in California history. The farthest west, still in Yerba Buena, writes that Gillespie, after delivering the mail to Fremont, returned to Yerba Buena to secure provisions for Fremont's new camp back in Alta California. The farthest west mentions that Fremont returned to Alta California for still unknown reasons. And, unfortunately, the letter, instead of making it to New York for publication, made it back to the farthest west in Yerba Buena. That's why the letters weren't published in a major New York newspaper as intended. Instead, the letters were published in a Honolulu missionary journal called The Friend and edited by Reverend S.C. Damon, also known as Father Damon. The Sandwich Islands, as Hawaii was then called, was a major stopping point for Americans and British along the China trade route. So in some manner, the farthest west likely had a connection in Honolulu. That's speculation on my part. Gillespie provided the farthest west with the full description of his journey to find Captain Fremont to deliver the mail. But despite Gillespie's insider details, the farthest west mentions nothing of a secret message being delivered to Fremont. And the farthest west was talking to the person who would have delivered the secret message to Fremont if there was a secret message. Unless the farthest west was the local saloon owner who knew all of the town's secrets, the farthest west was likely a member of the United States military, which is why Lieutenant Gillespie felt comfortable sharing insider information with him. Speculation coming. The first and second letters read like Fremont propaganda for how over-the-top pro-Fremont they were. It's, it's almost comical. The Bear Flag Revolt occurred June 14th, and in the second letter, the farthest west very curiously notes that General Mariano Vallejo had many friends among the American settlers in Alta California, and that Vallejo, on the night of the Bear Flag Revolt takeover, sent a message from Sonoma to Sausalito in the San Francisco Bay to his friend Captain Montgomery on the USS Portsmouth. The farthest west 
correctly states that Vallejo sent for his friend, Captain Montgomery, because Vallejo could not tell who the head of the attacking party was. And then curiously, the farthest west described more of what happened on the USS Portsmouth for the next few days after the attack. That might be another clue. Military person closely aligned with Fremont, Gillespie, and Montgomery. The farthest west was either staying in Yerba Buena, or at least frequently visited, and had intimate knowledge of the day-to-day happenings in California. The farthest west describes the bear flag this way. What was it, you may ask? A white field with a red border, a large red star, and a grizzly bear. Hold on to that. It comes up again. The second letter has a P.S. The farthest west wrote, I presume we shall soon hear of a fight. As if having intimate United States military information. By coincidence, the day this letter was written is the same day Fremont decides to officially take the lead on the Bear Flag Revolt and leave Sutter's Fort to Sonoma. There was already reason to believe Fremont and the farthest west knew each other before the statement, but I really have to believe that was the case after reading the second letter. The third and last letter, written on June 26th, starts with the same hook of the other letters, but this one is more dramatic. The first bloodshed in battle in California flowed yesterday on the plains of Sonoma. Heretofore, all the revolutions have been bloodless, so far as I can learn, except perhaps an occasional assignation a la Espanol. The farthest west was discussing the Battle of Olompali, fought a few days prior on June 24, 1846, in present-day Novato Marin County. A group of Californios took two bear flaggers hostage and then killed them. Fremont's party, in retaliation, incorrectly murdered the Dajaro twins, who had nothing to do with the bear flag kidnapping and murders. There is an entire episode waiting to be captured in that last sentence that I don't have enough time to tell. So I invite you to look into the murder of the Dajaro twins. This is another less than heroic Fremont story that history doesn't tell. In my transcripts, I have a link to a journal article that discusses it. The Farthest West acknowledges the importance of this bloodshed to the overall battle for California, noting the Americans' long rifles are sure to beat the Californios' musket rifles in any battle. The Farthest West describes in detail the night the Bear Flaggers took General Mariano Vallejo as a prisoner. He writes, Vallejo asked Eyed, You say you are Americans. Show me your authority from the government of the United States. I'd responded they had no authority. Our authority is our own will, and our arms shall execute it. The details of the account are correct. The farthest west understands Alta California's historical background as well and discusses the mission system and the indigenous labor. The priests lived in luxury with fine meats, fruits, and wine. The Indians served them. In 1830, the Mexican government took the power from the priests and gave the missions into the hands of 
administrators. These administrators now rob the government, the priests, and the Indians until the missions are in ruins, scarce a priest in the country, and the Indians have returned to their native plains and hills, vastly worse for all they learned, since they have wants they cannot now satisfy and are partially unfitted for savage life. They bear no comparison with the tall, manly figures on our western frontier. They look a broken-down, naked, starved, and miserable race, and have no resources but to prey upon the white man's property or serve him as his slave. Hmm. The third letter, while written in Yerba Buena on June 26, ends with a P.S., this time from Sutter's Fort on June 29, 1846. Today leaves not a doubt of the entire success of the revolutionists. He's discussing the Bear Flag Revolt and describes the very recent American emigration from Oregon into Sonoma, ending with, But if I mistake not, my next letter will give you some interesting details of passing events. This is the last letter from the farthest west. What do we know about the writer? The letters capture the rumors, the news, and events as understood through the United States, including knowledge of the U.S. military. The writer, based in Yerba Buena, or very close by, was educated and presumably a man, and quickly aware of events as they were happening. But the farthest west avoids revealing their occupation or their friendships. Why the mystery? Why did they write anonymously? Until the 1920s, no one dug into who wrote these letters, despite Hubert Howe Bancroft calling the letters the most complete authority on the conquest of California. Up until a month ago, I had never heard of these letters, and yet they seem to be extremely important. Let's review the clues. Let's put them together. In letter one, the hook-grabbing intro. There are strange things in this world happening every day, but none to me more so than that I should find myself in California writing a letter. Okay. It seems the farthest west was a newcomer to California and landed in Yerba Buena. There really weren't that many people living in Yerba Buena in June 1846, perhaps 200. The farthest west was close enough with Lieutenant Gillespie that upon Gillespie's return to Yerba Buena to secure supplies for Captain Fremont's camp, he met up with the farthest west. And Gillespie's visit to Yerba Buena was a really quick visit. John Adam Hussey, in his journal article, highlights another good point. The farthest west was close enough to Gillespie to recount the military details of his experience with Fremont, which Gillespie would probably only relate to someone in the U.S. government. The timing of the letter and the Bear Flag Revolt four days later may be a coincidence or maybe more. In letter number two, the farthest west described the Bear Flag Revolt that has now occurred and discusses what happened on the USS Portsmouth at that time the ship was docked in South Salido. The farthest west, while staying in Yerba Buena, either visited the USS Portsmouth or stayed on the USS Portsmouth to be able to recount what was discussed on that ship for the next few days. Another clue? The farthest west, after mentioning the actual bear flag, wrote, What was it, you may ask? A white field with a red border, a large red star, and a grizzly bear. 
There is a curiously similar sentence written word for word in a letter from Alexander Leidsdorf, the vice consul for the United States located in Yerba Buena, to Thomas Larkin, the consul for the United States located in Monterey. In the letter, Leidsdorf described the Bear Flag Proclamation and the flag. I think the spirited proclamation will call many to their banner. What is that, you may ask? As a white field with a red border, a large red star, and a grizzly bear. But was Leidsdorf the farthest west? He lived in Yerba Buena, had insider knowledge as the vice consul for the United States, and would know what was occurring on the USS Portsmouth and the Bear Flag Revolt. But before we jump to conclusions, this letter from Leidsdorf to Larkin was signed by Leidsdorf, but the actual letter was not written by the same person who signed it. Someone else wrote the letter that Leidsdorf signed, which is interesting. So the farthest west was close to Leidsdorf, enough to write a letter on his behalf, whether or not Leidsdorf knew his letter writer was the farthest west. In letter number three, John Hussey, the author of Identification of the Author of the Farthest West, did his detective work. There were breadcrumb trails to investigate in this last letter. On June 26th, the Farthest West traveled from Yerba Buena to New Helvetia, Sutter's Fort. The PS was written from Sutter's Fort on June 29th. This might be the best clue, the last sentence of the last letter. Okay, I took a step back to double-check my storyline to make sure I wasn't going down the wrong path based on one source. So I contacted the archivist at the San Francisco Main Library and asked if he knew about the letters from California, 1846, written by the Farthest West. After looking into it, he said he had a book that named the author of the letters written from Monterey by William Robert Garner. The letters I'm discussing were written from Yerba Buena by the farthest west. I went to the library to see the book called Letters from California from our special correspondent, William Robert Garner. I was confused. The archivist was confused. Both of these letters are called Letters from California, and they were, but they were very different letters and different authors about different topics and different perspectives. It seems that more than one person was asked to report back from Alta California. The Farthest West's letters were dated from June 10th through June 26th, 1846, while the Garner letters were started four months later and went on for a year from October 1846 through October 1847. The Bear Flag Revolt and the actual possession of California had already happened by the time Garner wrote his letters, which were written in a very different style. Garner, though, was successful in getting his letters published in a United States newspaper called the North American and the United States Gazette. Garner was a lumberman, which in California was rare at the time. He focused on farming in Monterey and detailed the average life of a Californio and of an American foreigner living in Monterey. But also like the farthest west, Garner also mentions the gold and silver found in California in his November 1846 letter. Just a side note, tangent, whatever. It seems California's gold and silver 
was discovered prior to James Marshall's discovery at Sutter's Mill, but I digress. Okay, who was the farthest west? The farthest west's third letter, in the P.S., in a roundabout way, writes that he was there to discuss the success of the Bear Flag Revolt. He was also very pro-Fremont. The last letter was written just a week before the United States officially takes possession of Monterey on July 7th and Yerba Buena on July 9th, 1846. The farthest west was likely in the U.S. military in Yerba Buena when the letters were written and then in New Helvetia on a specific date. Hmm. John Sutter's New Helvetia diary captured an entry on June 28th. Two people from the San Francisco Bay had arrived at Sutter's Fort. Dr. John Townsend and Captain Washington Allen Bartlett. The P.S. was written from Sutter's Fort on June 29th. Side note, Dr. Townsend was the first graduate physician surgeon in Yerba Buena and would eventually serve as a calde of Yerba Buena in 1848. But Dr. Townsend was not a newcomer, as he had already arrived and started practicing medicine, first in Monterey in 1845 and then in Yerba Buena in 1846. So he didn't fit the profile. So who was the farthest west? The last and most important clue was the handwriting on the Leidsdorf letter to Larkin, which was not written by Leidsdorf. It was only signed by Leidsdorf. The writing is an exact match for Bartlett's handwriting, and he was the other person to arrive at Sutter's Fort on June 28th. John Hussey, after his investigation, felt Washington Allen Bartlett fit all the criteria for being at all the same places with access to the knowledge captured in the letters, as well as a handwriting match. It seems Washington Allen Bartlett wrote his last anonymous letter as the farthest west a week before he dethroned William Hinckley, the existing Acalde, to become Yerba Buena's first U.S. citizen to be appointed Acalde of our beloved Pueblo de Yerba Buena. And considering everything happening at that time, Alison Bartlett was much too busy holding down the fort to continue writing his letters. But that was speculation on my part. You can visit Monkey Block at facebook.com forward slash monkeyblocksf or twitter.com forward slash monkeyblocksf or email me directly. I love hearing from the listeners at monkeyblocksf at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. This is Monkey Block, retelling forgotten stories from San Francisco's Golden Past. <laughs>